What is wisdom? Welcome to The Good Word. I'm Jody Washburn, host and study guide author for this 13-week series on the Book of Psalms. Joining me in conversation are Tiago Heiss and Matilda Fry, both professors in the School of Theology. What is wisdom? How much time do we have, Jody? <laughs> I know. This could be also an entire 13-week series. Right? <laughs> I like James Crenshaw's, you know, James, James Crenshaw is a scholar of, of Hebrew Bible, and he says Hebrew wisdom is the quest for self-understanding in terms of relationships with things, people, and the Creator. Mm. I like a word that you actually always, or use a lot, Jody, is discernment. Mm-hmm. And um, I take that word um, already in the first story in the Bible in Genesis 1, because there God constantly separates things. And that expression to separate something from something else is at the basis of being able to discern to understand what is um, right or best here and what is best on in another place or another setting for somebody else and so on. So that, that separation aspect is like the, the foundation of biblical wisdom in the text. And that is why, for example, even the book of Daniel is called a wisdom book because he is able to separate things that should not belong together. Mm-hmm. Um, so bin is that word of mm-hmm. separation, and wisdom is based in that aspect. Between, right? Yes. The, the, the discernment between things. I like that. Um, and I do think that's the foundation truly for, for um, wisdom. And I think it applies to your definition, Jody, that you read, that, that applies to relationships, to things, to how we relate to God. And one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I don't know how this lands with you, but it's it's – We've learned in seminary or growing up studying theology um, that there's only a specific portion of the Bible, as you said, uh, Matilda, that talks about not that you that that's what you're putting forth, but we normally go to proverbs or we go to mm-hmm. wisdom books to serve. Okay, this is wisdom literature. I think what I've realized over the last few years is is the whole Bible is truly wisdom literature. It's yeah. not advancing sort of a list of things to do. I mean, with our kids, we don't do that, right? We don't, they don't wake up and have a list of, hey, brush your teeth, use this paste, use this brush, walk into your bedroom. You know, they, they're never going to flourish by means of just direct commands, right? We, we want to give them, we want to say things, we want to give room for them to discern things. We, it's a whole different experience and the Bible as a whole. It doesn't have just one biblical. We never say there's a biblical way. No, the biblical way is five different ways of understanding things. Because Jody can talk about a, like a concept like wisdom and bring up one story. Matilda can bring another story. And I can bring like the Proverbs, which sometimes have contradictory verses within themselves. Mm-hmm. So wisdom literature places us as readers, as, as, as believers in a space where we're able to understand that it's not only discernment between good and evil, but between good and better, and and how to discern what is good and better or evil within different situations and contexts that are different for different people. So the Bible as a whole places us in this realm of wisdom to discern, to understand the relationship between stories and verses and ideas and concepts as we meet different circumstances in our life. Yes. And, yeah, like you both said, that invitation starts from the very 
first pages of the Bible. And I would say continues all the way through that stories are placed side by side, concepts. I, I Tiago, you, you may not know this because we have not been working together for long, but I have a soapbox against the use of the word biblical as an adjective <laughs> for the very reason that you said that when you encounter the text, really what you encounter is five points of view, many points of view, right? And, and the most rich engagement with the text is often process-oriented, yeah. that it is allowing ourselves to join this millennia-long conversation yeah. that is unfolding in the relational space that we are co-creating with each other and with God, with the created world. And so I appreciate you bringing, bringing that up. I want to move to partway through the study guide and read a, a quote from Rachel Held Evans' book. Um, she says, wisdom isn't about sticking to a set of rules or hitting some imaginary bullseye representing, quote unquote, God's will. Wisdom is a way of life, a journey of humility and faithfulness, a journey we take together one step at a time. And I jump forward to this because both of you, in a way, talked about how wisdom is situational more than it is propositional. So more than having a a directive that we can just take and apply in every situation to every person, wisdom is this ability to discern when something applies or not is it helpful to bring up is it not mm-hmm. what is is the is is the 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 right the next right step as we might like to say and one of the ways this comes through in the biblical text that i think many people in the modern world still are forced to wrestle with to grapple with is that in the biblical text you have you know, what could be variously called the blessings and curses, um, retributive theology, you know, the idea that's spelled out in, at the end of Deuteronomy that that if you obey God, everything's going to be fertile, right? You, your flocks, your fields, you're going to have success in battle, right? And then the opposite, that if you do not obey, curses will come upon you. And those curses are like lack of fertility at every level of life. You will be barren. Your your flocks will not increase. Your crops will not succeed. You will not have succeed, success in your in your endeavors. A sense of futility, you could say, is associated with the idea of cursing. And much of this conversation that we see between texts that are immediately placed side by side, and then also between stories and texts from all over the Bible that are in dialogue with each other is wrestling with this idea. And the the psalm that I printed here in the lesson is sort of a summary of this of this idea, Psalm 128, you know, that if you fear the Lord, right, those who those who fear the Lord and walk in obedience to him, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. And in the ancient world, and I would say even today, it, it is our task to be in this ongoing process of discernment, um, of when this paradigm for making sense of life is helpful and when it's not. And I wonder if either of you would be willing to share things that have been helpful to you in this process of discernment. 
Well, I immediately think of, to the point of, it is not merely understanding texts and applying them blindly to life. A story that helped me come to terms with that was Jesus' a temptation in the wilderness, right? Where the devil literally quotes biblical texts. Mm-hmm. And Jesus quotes biblical texts back. So, in the interest of being biblical, if it is just about reciting texts in a particular situation, both were being very biblical. But there is a mysterious realm of it, it, an interiority in biblical interpretation that assumes this space of the context of the situation that God desires us to have. Maybe that's why we have four Gospels. Maybe that's why we have the different stories within the Pentateuch and the different moods of the prophets to shape our sensibilities to develop that maturity. Wisdom leads to this form of maturity mm-hmm. where I'm able all of a sudden to move in the world by gesturing according to these verses in an appropriate way. But there's no ne- necessarily no formula as to how to mm-hmm. do that. Wisdom does not come as sort of like a, a pill that we swallow and then suddenly we have it. The book of Proverbs reminds us that it's a willingness to have open hands to receive this gift from God. But then we have to be stewards of this gift, to develop this gift, to know that it's not just, again, about quoting text, but having the discernment to know the applicability of this text. And then how that comes about, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But the story of Jesus in the wilderness helped me a lot understand that there is more to just knowing texts and reciting them. There are Mm -hmm. contexts, and wisdom comes not by merely knowing the texts, by precisely knowing the applicability of them within particular circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get to the point where you think, okay, I have celebrated enough birthdays in my life, (laughs) 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 Um, you start asking yourself, okay, so what do I take away from all of this, all of this past years, Mm -hmm. right? and there is a, there, I feel there are different ways that you can go with that. And I would love to, to be someone who can say, okay, I learned from it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that is an accumulation of wisdom when you are able to, uh, you know, to learn from it, but also in the, in the way that, that you, don't go down a path because I believe it's easy to go down a path and say, wow, um, everything or a lot of it was too much, was, you know, too sad or something. But where you are able to take that and put it into a bouquet mm-hmm. And say, okay, there are roses, but they have thorns mm-hmm. and thistles. They have beautiful flowers, <laughs> and all of it belongs together. And you can um, take that as as life lessons for yourself. And if somebody else wants to hear about it, that's fine, mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the wisdom that the Bible also speaks about, the wisdom that comes with with going through through life. Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful analogy that you just made, Matilda. It makes me think of we have blackberries that we planted in our garden, mm. and they're thornless. So, you know, they were modified to not have thorns. I'm not saying this across the board, but they have no flavor. 
hmm. compared to the wild blackberries we used to pick amongst the brambles in southern Oregon, where we came home all scratched. Every appendage was scratched, but the flavor, so much depth of flavor. And your picture of the bouquet invited me in a way to think about life in that way, that as we have space to acknowledge the thorns are there alongside the the beauty and the color and the, the aliveness, that there are things sticking us, so to speak, right? When I imagine grabbing a thistle, even as I see the beautiful purplish flower, right? I, my, I have splinters coming into my hands that we somehow can see a more maybe focused or, or more depth of mm-hmm. the picture if we allow ourselves to see the, the pain. And I would mm-hmm. add, I know I mentioned earlier the curse in the Hebrew Bible is often in terms of futility, but, but when you say looking back over our life, not everything turns into something good. So to sit with that also and allow that to be along with the beauty and the meaning and the increasing aliveness. And I know our time is coming to a close, but Tiago, your comments brought to mind research in attachment theory, where really the more secure our attachment is, the more flexibility we have. And so thank you for bringing up that idea of maturity, that we mature into this flexibility that the Bible invites us to, a journey of discernment. Thank you both for conversing with me. And thank you also to Ben Busby and Rick Basket, our program engineers, and to you for tuning in. For The Good Word, I'm Jody Washburn. You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.